Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess will be out today, but I have a very special guest, a priest and a laywoman who are running a school in Alhambra, California, classic education for your children. And you won't want to miss that interview. It's fantastic. They're doing great work. And Jesse will be back the next day. Uh, I want to also just encourage you to keep praying for Bishop Joseph Strickland for his situation because he needs our prayers. He's under investigation by the Vatican. I can't figure it all out. I mean, you got a guy who's doing a great job in the diocese and he's under investigation. Then you got other bishops who bankrupt their diocese and you send that person there to investigate Strickland. Uh, we need to pray for our leaders in our church and make reparation for bad decisions. And this is where we're at today. So let's go right to the gospel for today on this Good Friday here. Remember, uh, this is Friday, so we can make some sacrifices, extra ones for the day. The gospel is from Matthew chapter 13, verse 18 to 23. It's Jesus said to his disciples, I love these when he explains these parables. So Jesus said to his disciples, Hear the parable of the sower. The seed sown on the path is the one who hears the word of God. without understanding it, and the evil one comes and steals away what was sown in his heart. The seed sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word, receives it at once with joy, but he has no root and lasts only for a time. When tribulation and persecution comes because of the word, he immediately falls away. The seed sown among thorns is the one who hears the word, but then worldly anxieties and the lure of riches choke the word, and it bears no fruit. But the seed sown on rich soil is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. The word of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that reading, again, just lays it all out. And I try to apply it to my own life about digging deep in my faith. I tell you every week about asking Jesus Christ for more faith because your faith won't grow without that. That's something that we all need to do. And again, when tribulation comes, persecution, we have Tribulation going on right now. It's very unstable in our culture. The church, unfortunately, at least the when I say the church, the hierarchy seems to have compromised on its moral teachings by putting people in positions that don't believe in the deposit of faith. Well, this is the time we have to dig deep in our own personal faith with the Word of God, the sacraments, and live holy lives, and, I might add, make reparation for the bad things that are going on in the church. From Father James Martin, people that deny that the gospel, the Bible is right when it comes to homosexuality, to cardinals who say we're not going to evangelize and convert people, young people, to the faith. That's scandal. Now, you don't leave the church because of scandal. You dig deeper in. And you say, Lord, 
I know you're going to bring good out of this because you do it all the time for 2,000 years. And this isn't the first time the church has been under, I'll just say, bad leadership. We've had leaders and popes who were scoundrels, okay? And we survived them. Because if you think about it, at your exit interview, they're not going to be there. It's going to be between you and our Lord. So the answer is, live a holy life. All right, and but I love this too. He said that, but the idea of of um, seeking riches in this life, that, that's all. The guy that wins with, is the guy that has the most toys. We know what that brings. Brings sadness and a lot of grief. I know a lot of rich people who are very, very unhappy. So when we give our life over to Christ and say, I'll, I'm going to do it your way, your will, Lord, not my will. I think this parable makes a lot of sense. But if it's about me, myself, and I, then you're going to live a life of debauchery. And at the end, at your exit interview, you're going to not have the kingdom of heaven because you did it your way. As the song says, I did it my way. That's the song they sing in hell. The song they sing in heaven is I did it his way. And that's that gospel for us today. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room. Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Full Sheen ahead. I like this statement that he said because it's so beautiful. And you've heard it before, but think about it. He said, if souls are saved, everything is saved. And then he said, if souls aren't saved, nothing is saved. The reason I bring this up to our church today is because I see, and I think you can see it yourself, the direction of the church is more in this world rather than in the next. We're talking about recycling. We're talking about things that pertain to planet Earth. And we do need to be good custodians. I've got solar panels on the church and at my house. Uh, I've got an electric car that uh, my son gave us that saves a lot of gas. I get all that. But that's not the ultimate. It seems to me that the canon law of the church, the last one says that everything we do is within view of the salvation of a soul. So I still like that line, the path into the church is not acceptance, it's conversion. And so we're not going to help people get to heaven by telling them, continue to wallow in your sin of adultery, fornication, or even the fact that we tell people, oh, just because you're for killing the unborn baby, Mr. Biden, uh, Nancy Pelosi, all these politicians, God understands. You just don't know better. So I'm not going to give anything advice to you because, you know, you're set in your way. So God bless you. Jesus loves you. See, that's not the gospel. The gospel is repent and believe in the gospel. Lovingly sharing the gospel with these people that's what we need to do today, not compromise and say, oh, well, you know, they got to love too. No, that's not love. Love is sacrificial in its nature. And again, the path into the church is not acceptance. I accept you any way you want to be. Jesus loves you. No, sure, he loves you so much that he wants you to change and repent and believe in the gospel. Without preaching repentance, 
That's not the good news of Jesus Christ. And I see way too much of that in the church because they're more concerned in being liked than giving people the message that Jesus gave 2,000 years ago and the Catholic Church has been teaching for 2,000 years. Repent and believe in the gospel. We can't change things that Jesus Christ teaches. Not even the Pope, not the Cardinals, not the bishops, no Senate can take what the church has always taught and then say, well, we got a better idea. We voted on this. Now we're going to ordain women to the priesthood or now we're going to allow homosexual blessings. That's not what the church has taught from day one and we cannot change it. We do not have the power to change what Christ taught to us apostles. We have apostolic succession. And one of the things that priests and bishops all did when they were ordained is said that is saying that they swear at the altar to proclaim the deposit of faith that's been passed on to us through the apostles. Now, some priests, some bishops, high officials in the church made that promise. And apparently, from what they're saying, they don't believe in certain moral teachings. They didn't keep their promise. So we lovingly say, Father, Bishop, Holy Father, I respect your office, but you're the vigor of Christ. You're not the superior. Please confirm us in our faith and not lower the bar of morality. Because every time any Christian has lowered the bar, it's always been devastating to the flock. Just like a father who says, okay, here are the laws of the family. And he throws them out and says, oh, kids, you can use four-letter words and you can uh, watch things on TV that are immoral for your soul because, you know, we're all big now. No, I wouldn't let any, even my kids, if they were adults coming into my home, they still have to follow our morality. And in the church, we need strong leaders to confirm us in the faith rather than delude us in our faith by lowering the bars. I love what Cardinal Seurat says. Yes, to teach with true compassion and love. Yes, he said, to teach the truth always and point to truth incarnate, which is Jesus Christ. Listening is good when it offers the opportunity to fill emptiness or hardness hearts with love and truth. Why simply listen to broken hearts with no call to truth? That's like saying someone comes to you and says, I'm hurting I, uh, this is my fifth marriage and it fell apart again. What am I doing wrong? Oh, that's all right. Jesus loves you the way you are. No. Tell him the truth in charity. Hey, when we come back, wow, wait till you have, wait till you hear what I have, an interview with Father Thomas Kohler and Elma, the principal of the Sacred Heart, uh, excuse me, St. Therese in, in uh, Alhambra Catholic School that uses a classic education to teach the faith you won't want to miss this stay with this family you're listening to the terry and jesse show on virgin's most powerful radio welcome back to the terry and jesse show i like to say i'm too blessed to be stressed i'm too anointed to be disappointed and if hope was money i'd be a billionaire we have some friends of ours from St. Teresa's Parish in Alhambra, Alma 
Cornejo. She is the principal at the school. And Father Thomas Kohler and I go back 40 years. He's a good Carmelite priest. He's the, he was, I guess, the pastor of St. Therese for years. And Father and uh, Alma, I want to welcome you to the Terry and Jesse Show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to talk about the uniqueness of a school there in Alhambra at your parish, St. Therese, with a classic education. Because many of our families who listen to this show are concerned about their children's education and what options they have. Can you tell us a little bit about St. Therese's school and what they offer for our families? Well, you know, um, our former pastor, Father Philip, shared that same concern that your parents have. Mm -hmm. And because of that concern, he uh, sought out um, to reform the school to revert it back to its original roots. The school will be almost 100 years old. Wow. And so Father saw that uh, Common Core was not only damaging children's souls, but it was not helping them um, to be better citizens. So he said, let's just uh, revert it back to to the classical. And so why the classical? Because it works, because it has worked for hundreds and hundreds of years. Well, what is a classic education? Many of us are going, well, well, wait a minute, what's that? Is that any different than many Catholic parishes around the country? That Are they doing that too? Well, uh, a classical education has very deliberate ways of approaching and teaching. And all of its ways are very, very uh, good uh, for a child's natural stages of development. So when, you know, your parents out there that have two and three-year-olds, they're like little sponges. You don't have to tell them uh, things more than once and they've memorized it, right? Yep. So at a classical school, we capitalize on that. And we make uh, our kids, you know, memorize lots and lots of things from TK all the way, well, really all the way to, you know, high school. But, but really, uh, TK through fifth grade uh, it's very easy for them to memorize things, you know, poems, songs, prayers, <laughs> hymns, yes. facts. So uh, the the instructional methods are specific to that. Uh, then, you know, when kids become teenagers, and again, parents out there with teenagers know, teenagers think they know it all. And that's because developmentally they've entered into the logical stage. So they think they know it all, and they will argue with everyone. The problem is they don't really know it all, and they don't know how to argue. So at a classical school, we teach them to use these skills. Wow. Now, is St. Thomas Aquinas, his uh, summa, or you know, just principles of St. Thomas, does that get involved in a classic education? I mean, it does insofar as, you know, he's a great saint. And, uh, and only if he's a Carmelite does it get involved. Oh, no. That's cute. <laughs> I like that. Uh, but, but you know, our, our kids are still uh, young. Sure. You know, uh, whenever we, we introduce, you know, uh, religious figures, saints, historical figures, we really try to go to, to original sources. Good. Uh, but, um, but anyway, going, going back to, to the classical and, yes. and, and what it looks like, yeah, you know, in, in the second stage, right, um, for in our school, starting in the sixth grade, we can introduce things like, uh, geometry, the scientific wow. method, <laughs> you know, we are actually That's pretty good. Uh, one of two uh, parish schools that offer Euclidean geometry. 
And again, why Euclid? Because he was the father of geometry. Yeah, go to the source. Yes. Well, let me ask you this. How, what age can people start their kids in school? I, I heard you say TK. I'm ignorant. I'm, I got to say, assume that some of the other people listening don't know what TK stands for. So TK is transitional kindergarten. And if you have a child who's four and a half, mm -hmm. they can uh, begin school uh, there at St. Therese. Wow. Well, that's interesting. Father Kohler, I have to ask you, I know you're a very educated priest because I know you get you know, some degrees regarding uh, scripture and you've, you love our faith. Tell me, as the pastor of the parish, what this has done for the families that come to St. Therese and has it, have you seen the fruit of this type of education from your perspective? Yes. Um, families are being given that hope that makes them billionaires. That there's a given, um, you know, that, that they're built in God-given uh, natural uh, parenting virtues and um, skill set is reflected uh, in the parish and in the, in, in the school. Yeah. And uh, so one of the reasons I would say that um, we're also in a demographic area where we there are less families right now, so that's why we're glad that you're, we're on your show sure. <laughs> to let other people know, even if they're not immediately in the uh, in the immediate San Marino, Alhambra, Monterey Park, uh, yeah. well, San Gabriel I, area. I got to jump in. I have uh, nephews and nieces uh, going to the school, so I'm a little prejudiced about the school, and I, I have seen tremendous growth myself on my nephews and nieces that go there. They love going to the school. I, every time I say, Uncle Terry, what did, you, what did you learn today in school? And they tell me about a saint, or they tell me, we went, uh, you know, I learned how to um, say these prayers. I've, I mean, it's amazing. They just love going to school. And I thought, uh, this is kind of neat that the children look forward to going to school. And I actually even say this, and you guys don't pay me to say this. When the summer started, they were disappointed. Yeah, the little kids are saying, well, we're going to have to wait till September or whenever you guys start back up again. We're going to have the summer off and I'm going to miss going to school. Now, that's not common, folks. Right. And I want to ask our listeners, if you write down this uh, address and phone number to contact them, I'm going to ask you a couple times, uh, Alma, what is the phone number for the school and what is the website so they can go on the website and actually see What's there that you have to offer? Could you give us that website and phone number? Absolutely. Our website is uh, the name of our school, www.stTherese. Mm -hmm. Is it spelled out or abbreviated? Everything is spelled out. Okay, thank you. StTheresecarmeliteschool.com. And our, our phone number is area code 626-289-3364. Got it. All right. And I want to ask a couple more things about the school. Um, and I, this is a question that comes up for a lot of moms and dads. What's the main difference between, I mean, some families are going to, right now they're sending their kids to Catholic school and, you know, they're like, okay, I, I, I did that. But um, we have seen an exodus of young people leaving the church. Off the air, I mentioned a statistic that by the time the kids reach the age of 23, 87% of those children 
are not going to be practicing their faith. And that's a terrible statistic for our church. And I'm just thinking out loud that this classic education that you're offering is, you know, many, many years old, and it was very successful in forming generations in their faith. And I'm wondering, Elma and Father, do you think that uh, these formative years in a classic education will affect the children when they become adults as something stable in their life? Well, um, yes, actually it will. Uh, we, when, when we came in and we reformed the school, we had families who were um, under the old administration and, uh, you know, they were a little hesitant, uh, but then they got to know the faith. And what we started to see was that people started coming back to Mass. Yes. Kids would go home and talk to mom and dad. Kids from, from kindergarten all the way to the eighth grade, they would talk to mom and dad about how cohesive the program was and how, hey, mom, this is what we're learning in history, but guess what? We're also reading about this in literature and we're reading about the saints of this same era. So it makes so much sense. They started coming back to church. We've had a number of children who have converted to the wow, along with their families. That's awesome. And uh, the, the number one complaint that we get from our eighth graders when they go off to high school and they come back, their number one complaint is, my high school is not as Catholic as St. Therese. We miss it. I know more about the faith than all of my you know, other classmates. And, wow. and, but they're, but they're, they're still active in their parish lives. And they come back and they say, you know, we're actually leading the pro-life group at, oh. my, at my school. We're starting that. So it does have a profound effect not only on the children, but their families as well. That's what I like to hear. Now, can you give us an example of a day at, the, at school? What do the kids have that uh, would start their day off and kind of run through the day so our families can kind of get a feel for what would, they could expect if their child was at your school? So first and foremost, we start the day with prayer. Awesome. So we start at morning assembly. It's a very simple, you know, we, we pray. We pray to Jesus, to the Blessed Mother. Mm -hmm. We go over the saint of the day. Mm -hmm. um, we go over the virtue of the month. Mm. Okay, then we tell stories about, you know, the saints or the virtue. And then we sing a patriotic hymn. We uh, also do the pledge. And we close off with a hymn to either our Blessed Mother or to our Lord. Wow. Wow. I just got to say, folks, doesn't that sound great? That sounds so Catholic. And again, I want to encourage our listeners, maybe maybe you're listening in another country, but you have relatives in Southern California. I know I live in Covina. I have a grandson that in a couple of years will be you know, eligible to go to school there. And I'm you know, maybe they can't afford it. I sure will afford it uh, because I know how important this is for uh, my grandchildren. And maybe you're like me. But uh, I want to ask you, Elma, uh, when, when, he, when you send a, a child to the school and then you're just told the day that that's what they start off with. Uh, let me just finish up the day. Okay, so they start off with prayer, which is great. And the Pledge of Allegiance, I mean, uh, have uh, 
of patriotism. That's awesome. That's a virtue. Question I have. After they get through the first session there, uh, what kind of classes are the young children going to be exposed to? So the the little ones, so Mm -hmm. let's talk TK through fourth grade. Okay. You know, they go right into uh, phonics and, and math. Uh, why phonics? Because again, it works. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and there's no you know memorizing list of words. Uh, we don't have computers. What? No. Nope. Held that thought. We got to take a quick break. Did you hear what she just said, everybody? They don't have computers. Oh, sign me up. No, this is a great school, St. Teresa in Alhambra, classic education. We're going to talk more about the benefits of sending your son, your daughter, granddaughter to a school that will truly keep them Catholic. We'll be back with much more here on the Terry and Jesse Show. And I just want to say, tell your friends about this interview because it can change lives. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess will be back tomorrow, but I have my good friends, Father Tom Kohler and Alma Pernero. She's the uh, principal of the school St. Teresa's in Alhambra, California. We're talking about classic education. And I about fell off my chair when she made a statement saying, we don't have computers. What? you got to share with that. What's that all about, Alma? Well, uh, for one, <laughs> you know, you've got the uh, uh, doctors are telling parents, limit screen time, limit screen yeah. time. It's not good, right? right? Correct. Eye doctors are saying it's not good. Brain doctors are saying it's not good. Sleep doctors. Sleep doctors. But then you go to school <laughs> and they give your child a device. Well, we don't do it. Awesome. First of all, our kids learn uh, handwriting in the first grade. Wow. Printing. Uh, there's not enough hours in the day to just hand them a device to babysit. Yeah. Multiplication tables, writing it out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Now, I want to ask a question that uh, concerned us even uh, for years. It's called Common Core that even got into a lot of Catholic schools. And I'd like to line the two up so that our listeners, especially the parents and grandchildren, grandparents, can see the difference between a Common Core education and a classic education. Could you share that with us, please? Sure. So maybe... Um um, I'll, I'll just tell the story, and then you can work off of that. So this, uh, somebody gave me this. This is from Atlantic, the Atlantic magazine. Uh, at first glance, the classroom I was visiting at a high-poverty school in Washington, D.C. seemed like a model of industriousness. The teacher sat at a desk in the corner going over student work while the first graders quietly filled out a worksheet intended to develop their reading skills. As I looked around, I noticed a small girl drawing on a piece of paper. Ten minutes later, she had sketched a string of human figures and was busy coloring them yellow. I knelt next to her and asked, what are you drawing? Clowns, she answered confidently. Why are you drawing clowns? Because it says right here, draw clowns, she explained. Running down the left side of the worksheet was a list of reading comprehension skills, finding the main idea, making inferences, making predictions. The girl was pointing to the phrase, draw conclusions. She was supposed to be making inferences and drawing conclusions about a dense article describing Brazil, which was lying face down on her desk. But she was unaware that the text was there until I turned it over more to the point she had never heard of Brazil and was unable to read the word. That girl's assignment was merely one example, albeit an egregious one, of a standard pedagogical approach. American elementary education has been shaped by a theory that goes like this. 
Reading, a term used to mean not just matching letters to sounds but also comprehension, can be taught in a manner completely disconnected from content. Use simple text to teach children how to find the main idea, make inferences, draw conclusions, draw clowns, and so on, and eventually they'll be able to apply those to skills apply those skills to grasp the meaning of anything put in front of him. It doesn't matter with the content. So want to respond to that, uh, Alma? Because <laughs> that's pretty, I mean, that's, that's common core. There you go. Well, you know, I'm... Um, it's I'm, the pedagogical I'm, approach, right? Right. It's really different. It is very different. And I think uh, a lot of people were familiar with, you know, the math and forcing kids to do things that you know, adults can't do. Like, why do you ask a first grader, explain why one plus one is two? I mean, the answer you're going to get is, look, one plus one is two. But <laughs> but they're not going to sit there and give explain, you, you know, yeah. an ex- or, or, you know, tell five different ways where one plus one is two. Is one plus one always two? And that's very, very confusing for kids, right? Absolutely. And so, you know, going back to the classical, in the classical, you know, the kids at our school, they'll learn, you know, their multiplication tables, their addition tables, and they're not going to be forced to make deductions and draw clowns or draw conclusions when they can't. And a a good example I give to parents is, again, going back to the Mm two-year-old. You know, um, a two-year-old could probably outrun me, okay? (laughs) However, it doesn't mean that you're going to uh, put a two-year-old to run a marathon. Right. Why? Because their muscles are not ready, their heart, their circulatory system is not ready for that, right? That's uh, something similar happens with the human brain. You know, the human brain is designed to be, you know, a little sponge, Lots of uh, ease with memorizing things in the early stages, not just memorizing, but, you know, observing kids are in awe of beauty, right? So you want to do a lot of that. You want to use those tools, those God-given tools, and not force kids to do, you know, things like, you know, explain why one plus one equals two when they're not ready. Wow, that's a great uh, explanation. Now, uh, again, our moms and dads and grandparents are listening and saying, wait a minute, um, what happens when we've already gone maybe the fourth or fifth grade in a certain school and we were frustrated, but we don't know there's another option? Can we make a transition even you know, after four or five years of a, a different approach on education? Can the kids uh, still make the transition to a classic education? Well, again, I, I get asked that a lot. I bet. And, and what I tell people is, if you've had a child who's been on a, you know, junk food diet, right, and then all of a sudden when they're 12, you decide, you know what, enough, we're going to give them a healthy diet. Yeah. Of course, they're going to uh, eat it up, literally, right? Mm-hmm. So the same thing happens with the brain. So we do have kids who transition from common core schools. Yeah from public schools, from other parochial schools that are using Common Core. And the kids will say, wow, this makes sense. This is fun. I like it. So, you know, part of the classical is also to develop a love of learning because let's face it, we are lifelong learners. I mean, Father Albert is, uh, what, 85, 87? 87. 87. And he still walks around with uh, a joy in his heart that's contagious. 
and he always has books, and he tells people, I'm still learning. <laughs> well, Socrates said in 387 B.C., if I'm smart, it's because I know I know nothing. I'm still learning. Well, there you have it. So this is a basic, you know, if, if we stop learning, we stop living. And, but that's just, you know, my take on that. I want to ask Father Kohler a question. Father, can you tell us some success stories that you've heard uh, from children and from their parents or nieces or nephews have come to you and say, here's what my, my nephew was doing before, and now here's the situation now that he's at St. Therese's Parish. Could you share that story? Well, I, I was remind, reminded of uh, one of your relatives yep. that was, was um, sent her child, was, was, and had her child enrolled in a school here in the Covina area yep. and, and was frustrated, did not want to go to school. Um, just, it was, it was hard. And then she found out about our school and, and brought him over to us. And now he's he's excited. He wants to go to school, even when there isn't school. He he shares things. He brings it home. So, uh, Alma's the best source of all these success stories. And I and I've shared some at the parish, but Good. I get him confused. So maybe Alma, uh, yeah, share of share a couple here. of these uh, stories where uh, families have taken their children to your school who might be even hesitant about anything, any change, because usually. You know, I, I find it, it's the parents that have a harder time with change than their kids. But go ahead. Yeah, so so uh, there's lots and lots of stories. So the <laughs> first the first stories really come from, from the families who stayed. Yeah. You know, the families who stayed after mm. everything was changed. When 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 Father Philip decided we're gonna go classical, you know, we we started looking at some of the books and I'm you know, I said, Father, you know, it's it's the pedagogy that's gonna mm. drive this. Mm-hmm. And let me look at your curriculum. And I said, um, no, it's got to go. So we had new <laughs> curriculum, new pedagogy, new uniforms, new principal. Uh, you know, it's practically a new school. So wow. s- some families did stay and uh, they uh, they still come back and they say, thank you. You know, some of these kids are in college. They've, they're wow. graduating from college and they say, thank you. This These were the best years that my child had. It was awesome. really a true education. Well, I want to recommend that they go to your website and also if they have questions to call the uh, 626-289-3364. One more time for that website so they can look at your website, please. Okay, everything is spelled out. So it's www.stTheresecarmeliteschool.com. Got it. I never like to talk price until I show the merchandise. That's the salesman in me, okay? (laughs) But mom and dad want to know, uh, you know, the finances of going to school. What are we looking at to send a child to school um, monthly? What's the what's the fee for that? So it's about fifty three. It's about five hundred and thirty dollars monthly. That's it. That's it. Oh, come on. Let me just stop you for a second. My kids were in a Catholic school. uh, Let's see. That would be 20 years ago. (laughs) No, I I had 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 to think about that. And I think I was paying 500 and something dollars back then. And now we've got incredibly high inflation, especially the last two years. I don't know how you do it, but that's very inexpensive for the kind of education the children are getting. Folks, I was almost going to say, is this microphone on? Now, let me ask you this. What about um, other fees? Are there, uh, uh, is it really just $530 a month and that's it? There's a registration fee. Okay. Uh, there's a book fee. Okay. 
And then we ask families to contribute to, you know. Yeah, fundraisers, I hope. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because you got to pay. I, I just know the economics. I don't know them that well, but I, I know my experience. It's expensive to uh, go to, to run a school. You've got overhead. You've got to pay people just wages, uh, the school teachers, everybody involved. Um, and so for $530 plus some miscellaneous fees, um, uniform, other you know issues that seems like a steal um can they do it monthly or do they have to pay it all up at once they can do it monthly they could do it in one payment they could do it in two payments and i i do want to say the the carmelite friars have been very very committed Mm -hmm. to the school and committed to large families and that's why they have made a tremendous effort to keep prices as low as possible. Now, we do rely on the goodwill of uh, benefactors. Yes. So, you know, if you're listening to us and you're not in the Alhambra area, in the San Gabriel area, but you want to help out a good school like ours, go to our website. Absolutely. And when we come back, I want to make a little uh, proposal for you, our listeners, for their families that would seriously consider sending their grandchildren or their own children to a St. Therese Catholic parish in Alhambra, California, and it could change your children's life forever. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back with more. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back again to the Terry and Jesse show. I love talking about classic education because you know what? The, uh, these young people are going to be the future of the church. We have to invest in them. At the break, I went and twisted some arms for our listeners. You know what I asked them both? Father Elma, can you waive the registration fee for our listeners at Virgin Most Powerful Radio? Give them an incentive to act right now to register their children or grandchildren. And if you do it by the first of the month, that's meaning August 1st, you can save hundreds of dollars on the fee for the, path, for the, re, for the registration fee. Only if you act now. And I would just call the 626-289-3364 and say, yeah, I heard it on Virgin Most Powerful. Let's, I want to get my, what do I have to do to get my child in? And uh, I think that was very generous of both of you to do that. Now, Father, could you? We on the, at the break we were you were looking you were showing me a sheet. Yes. If they, why don't you set us fasting? A- the yeah. So besides getting a break yeah. financially, if you if you uh, act now, here's what it looks like uh, in shifting from a public school to a truly Catholic mm-hmm. uh, school like ours. Yes. Uh, Public school, I am my mind. Our school, I am my soul and my body. I love it. Both together. Public school, I am a self-defining being. I must decide what it means to be me. I have no given nature to direct or limit my free choices. We say, I am a creature. My nature as a human person is the intentional gift of God, the blessed Trinity, who is good and who has loved me into existence as the beautiful person I am. Wow. The public... uh, uh, worldview. The natural world is a vast organic reality with its own natural order. Humans increasingly respect this natural order and reject its exploitation. I am a part of creation. I view the natural world, including myself, we say, 
as having an order that must be respected. I don't determine it. I fit in. Mm -hmm. uh, public sector, my body is an amazing machine which I am entitled to use as I please. There is no plan for my life other than the one I make. We say, my body is designed by God and helps me to understand God's plan for my life. There is a plan. I, I have a Father in heaven who has a plan for my whole life. Uh, public view, I'm free to determine my own identity. <clears throat> Receiving my identity from another threatens my autonomy. We say, my primary identity is that of a son or a daughter of God. By baptism, that is who I am and whose I am. Wow, wow, wow. You know, before you have the biblical worldview, what you just gave us of, of a child, and then you had a worldly view. And I call that the uh, unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. Yeah. It's all about me. I noticed that what you said is really about service, about knowing you're, 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 cre you're a creature, that God is God and you are not. And I think that when people know the meaning and purpose of life, then everything becomes valuable. I mean, Fulton Sheen says every action is like a blank check if Christ's name is on it. It sounds to me, from what I'm hearing in this interview, that this school is a Christ-centered school more than anything else. Am I onto something? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I tell parents, what is the end goal of education? And a lot of them are like, um, uh, <laughs> PhD? I, yeah, and no, it's not, actually. The end goal of education is to get to heaven. Amen! And that is the approach that we take. Yeah. And because we take, you know, the faith so seriously, then everything else has to be excellent. Wow. Well, I want to give an endorsement to the school. I have nephews and nieces at the school. And um, I can tell you from my experience talking to the kids, my nieces and nephews, they love the school. Uh, they are disappointed when the summer came because they... It means they're not going to go to school every day. That's not common in schools. So there, you guys must be doing something right. And I want to encourage our listeners right now, don't hesitate. Call them at 626-289-3364. Go online to the parish website. You know, just peruse the website. You're going to see what the uniforms look like. Tell us again, just verbally, because some of the Catholic schools kind of are loose when it comes to uniforms and discipline and order. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your expectations of the children and also the expectations of the parents. How involved are the parents in knowing what's going on at the school? Well, you know, the catechism says that the parents are the primary educators, right? Amen. And, and we take that seriously. So our parents are very, very involved. And, and, and we, we support them in their efforts, okay? The catechism also says that parents should teach children to avoid the compromising and degrading influences which threaten human society. Oh, yeah. And our school doesn't have any compromising or degrading Good. influences or policies or politics of any sort. We have a, a uniform, you know, for the boys, they wear slacks. Sure. They wear either a polo shirt or on uh, full dress uniform days, they wear an Oxford shirt with a tie wow. uh, and a cardigan. And the girls wear uh, a skirt, uh, their shirt, their tie, and their cardigan. Wow. 
and our skirts are, you know, mid-knee or below. Yeah, well, that's good. And and the whole aspect of uh, modesty, the, the dignity of the human person, that is so important to give to a young person today in a world that acts like God doesn't exist. And it seems to me that from what I'm hearing in this hour, that the school is all about falling deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. And I think this is just what we need in a culture that we're living in to be culture. Well, like Bishop Strickland always says, first century Christians. We go back to our fundamentals. And it sounds like that's what the school is doing. And and I would just say, you know, and we're, we're uh, at St. Therese Catholic yes. uh, uh, Church. Yes. And so we have St. Therese as our patroness. Yes. And so that uh, that little way. Yes permeates everything also, which is founded on the Blessed Trinity's love for her and for each of us, and then our response to that. So her little way was that, that you know, just complete uh, growing confidence in her father's love for her, <clears throat> and then everything becomes not performing, but this inheritance that, that she's responding naturally to that love, that, that, that image of her... Of a, that awesome. used of a of a, of a <clears throat> little child at the bottom of a, of a flight of stairs and keeps trying to get up the first stair and it rolls <laughs> back because she's so small. Yes. And the father's at the top, and she says, "How long is the father going to wait watching this child struggling to get up, even the first step before he runs down the stairs and picks her up in his arms and carries her to the top?" Awesome, Elma. Can you tell us a little bit about All Saints Day? What the kids can expect at, regarding uh, the saints? Oh boy, that's that's actually my favorite, favorite day. My yes. favorite day. So the kids dress up as saints. You know, they start preparing actually when we start school in late August, mm-hmm. and then you know on All Saints Day they dress up as their favorite uh, saint, sure. and then they tell a riddle, and the kids uh, not only learn about their own saint, but they learn about the saints uh, uh, that the other kids are dressed up as. And then we have uh, a parent-run uh, trunk-o-treat. So <laughs> instead of sending them out to the streets, we have a very safe thing. Yeah. We have a lot of saint games Good. for them. Good. And uh, you'd be amazed of, uh, you know, the saints and the costumes that, that the kids uh, choose. What, what, that was, what was the story about Lucia? She won the first prize. And she- Lucia won the first prize, and she dressed up as our mother of sorrows. sorrows. And she had... You know, the seven swords. Awesome. And where does she hear about, you know, in the fourth grade about Our Lady of Sorrows? Well, obviously, you know, her teachers and morning assembly. Sure. I saw my nieces and nephews. I saw pictures of them, and uh, I thought it was just magnificent. One more time, how can people contact the school, Alma? Well, they can go on our website, again, www.com. SaintTheresecarmeliteSchool.com and everything is spelled out. Mm-hmm. Or they can call us at 626-289-3364. Father Kohler, can you tell us, as the pastor of the parish, how important it is to have a school like St. Therese? I mean, you've been a pastor in Tucson. I know you and I go back 40 years. You've been at lots of parishes. But how unique is this parish with the classic education and what's the benefits again for mom and dad? Well, uh, it's so unique that it's one of only two schools in the whole archdiocese. Wow. I mean, parishes in the whole archdiocese that has a classical uh, education school, a classical school. <clears throat> and um, so us and uh, Holy Innocence in Long Beach, mm-hmm. 
and um, and the benefits are that that Catholic Christian view mm-hmm. versus the dominant secular view. That's that's a huge part of it. Yeah. That that, that pr- primary identity that they grow in from TK transitional kindergarten all the way through eighth grade, and we're uh, we're hoping to expand to ninth grade and and wow. beyond, like Holy Innocence has already done. Yes, that uh, that they're going to grow up. Um, Knowing who they are, I'm a beloved son or daughter of the Blessed Trinity by baptism. Yes, I know whose I am. Yes, not just who I am, uh, but related. And Father, the last thing I want to ask, and both Alma, is teaching children how to pray. I I think that is so critical because that's how they get this relationship with Jesus and Mary and Saint Joseph and all of our uh, saints. Uh, I think that. I'd like to ask in these final minutes, how do you help children learn how to pray in the school? Okay, well, there's several ways. Number one, at morning assembly. Mm-hmm. Number two, every single classroom has a prayer corner. Good. And even though we prayed at morning assembly or we went to mass, they yeah. still get to their classroom and they pray before every class. Awesome. We have the catechesis of the Good Shepherd from TK through second grade. And if you know anything about the catechesis, it's extremely contemplative. Good. Uh, not only do they learn about the life of our Lord, but they learn how to pray and how to contemplate. Starting in the fifth grade, the kids actually do Lexio Divina. Wow, that's awesome! Right, it's it's it is it's <laughs> it absolutely is. awesome. And you know, you know, I teach algebra, and uh-huh. you know, middle school kids—they're very good at getting you to you know go off on a tangent, right? Yeah. So one day, one of them raises his hand and says, "Can we go to adoration?" Oh, I love it. <laughs> Father Kohler, could you give us your priestly blessing to our listeners, please? Gladly. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And through Our Lady and St. Joseph and St. Teresa, your guardian angels, and all your baptismal saints, Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Every show we, we end by asking Jesse Romero, what state should we be living in? Father, do you know the answer to that? The state of grace. You got it! <laughs> And then I end the show with Our Lady of Fatima's message. She said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. I don't care if you're four years old or 104, we can all participate in the salvific work of Jesus Christ by offering every action to our Lord. And I want to encourage all of us to do that because that's how souls are saved. And I want to thank Alma and Father Kohler for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show. May God richly bless St. Therese Parish School and richly bless all the children that are there and their families. Thank you. Thank you.